0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another Wacky World of Diabetes podcast. And I am delighted to have Jeff Dacus from OneDrop here on the Wacky World podcast. How are you doing, Jeff? Great, great. And thanks so much for having me, David. Oh, it's my pleasure. So in the podcast tradition, tell everybody kind of what your diabetes journey is and how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, let's see. My, my diabetes journey is a little bit interesting. First of all, I'm Jeff Dachas. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called OneDrop. We're a precision health platform that focuses primarily on chronic conditions. Diabetes is where we started, and now we, we're in multiple conditions now. And you know, really, the company's formation was inspired by my diagnosis with type 1 diabetes in September of 2013. And I am, you know, I'm a marathoner, I eat really good. And I was a bit taken aback, you know, when I had lost a lot of weight, I was peeing a lot, as everybody sort of knows that that's a symptom of diabetes. And I didn't really understand what was going on. At first, I thought like, oh, my workouts are really working now. Like, I, I'm, I finally shed those extra pounds that I was sort of trying to trying to get rid of. And I went to the doctor, they, of course, said, you know, you have diabetes. My GP that I was diagnosed with sort of thought that it was type two and gave me a prescription for metformin right away, but then said, I think, you know, just from what I can see about your symptoms, you might have type one. So I'm going to send you to an endocrinologist to get the the beta test. And and let's get that done today. Now, how, how old were you when you were diagnosed? That was seven years ago. So I was 47. Yeah. Okay. And Really, the next step was kind of in a way shocking to me because I got about six minutes with a nurse practitioner and then an insulin pen and a prescription and a pat on the back, and I was out the door with diabetes. And that was it. You know, here you go, you have type one. And, you know, I just was really taken aback at sort of the lack of health nor care that I was getting from, from the healthcare industry. And moreover, the focus on treating the symptoms of my diabetes, which is high blood glucose, with drugs versus trying to understand. What got me to have high glucose in the first place? Food, medication, physical activity, stress, sleep, and then of course carbohydrates. And really, my diagnosis was really the the aha moment for me when I when I really thought about how I could not only manage the condition better myself, but potentially help millions of other manage millions of other people manage
0: it. Now, explain to some people who may not be familiar with the OneDrop platform how it Maybe you can compare and contrast it to maybe like a Lavango or a Cecilia or, you know, an Unduo, you know, try to give some people a picture of what it does.
1: Sure. Again, OneDrop is a precision health platform. And when I say precision health, we're bringing data and information and insights to people in a way that allows them to act on their day to day biometric telemetry in ways that no other platform really can do because of the of the vast volume now over 23 billion health data points that we collect across 75 biomarkers that power our data science platform and allow us to deliver these uncommonly valuable insights to people in the moment in real time. And to contrast you know, I, I, I don't typically contrast us with, with some of the other players in the market that you mentioned. By the way, hats off to them they're all doing a great job. They're all making a great effort at trying to help people with diabetes and other chronic conditions. So, you know, if I screw it up, I apologize. But I think there are some, I, I think there are some differences. Cecilia, as an example, you know, David, I know well, and Cecilia really is a, is a virtual coaching platform. It's it's coaching only. Uh, Livongo really is a remote monitoring platform where they give free meters and strips to people. And then they call them if they see something weird happening on the on, on on the meter. It's sort of like the I've fallen and I can't get up life alert sort of kind of service. It's it's I've screwed up, I've crashed the car, on star. You know, Glenn used to like to call it the on-star for diabetes, right? I've crashed the car already, and now you're <coughs> gonna get a call from somebody, you know, to to potentially help you. You know, the on duos of the world are really more of a, what I would call a virtual clinic. It's a it's a set of doctors, nurses, and and clinicians. That are operating, but with a telehealth sort of phone based front end, and so there are some distinct you know aspects to that. Almost all the three companies that you mentioned there, I think you know have a, a mobile front end to it. So there is a sort of telehealth presence. One, Cecilia, you know, is very coaching specific. One, Livongo, remote monitoring. They've got a call center that calls people when they fall and they can't get up, <laughs> and then the. You know the uh, the ondu's of the world, where there's an actual clinic of doctors and and nurses and and practitioners that are that are doing virtual visits with you to help you manage your condition. To contrast that, One Drop is really what you've what you've heard in those three instances is are are entities and and God bless them, they're doing a great job. They're trying to help you, you know, after you've kind of already screwed up or after you've gotten off the off the path. We're there, one, one drop is there, the 8,759 hours a year that you're not engaging with the healthcare system. We're there to help you make all of the choices, the good choices, to stay healthy versus trying to treat you when you're sick. And it's a different outlook. It's a different way of approaching things. But we use data science. We also have coaches. We also have real-time coaching. We have programs. And, but, it, but it's really all data science
0: driven. Now, you have a deal with Essentia. No, with Bayer. With Bayer or whatever they oh, yeah, whatever yeah, they're yeah. Called With these. Bayer, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so tell everybody how that works, what you're doing with them, what are you guys working on? Well, it,
1: you, you you raise an interesting point. Bayer used to be in the diabetes business. And they had a meter platform, a glucose meter platform called the Contour Meter. It was my first meter. It was the first meter I ever got. I don't know about you, but when you go to the doctor, I got, I got the Bayer Contour Meter. And um, But Bayer got out of that business. They sold that business to a private equity firm, KKR, who who rebranded it as Essentia and runs that business as Ascensia. So I, we're not talking about that. Bayer, the pharmaceutical company that used to own that, partnered with OneDrop because OneDrop had a scalable modular data-driven platform that we could apply to not only diabetes pre-diabetes weight loss hypertension and high cholesterol but potentially a variety of other conditions that bear is interested in and so when we partnered the concept was hey bear bear we're Bay- I'm, I'm speaking for bear right now I mean and I shouldn't by the way but so don't
0: so don't get me that's okay, do will forgive you.
1: Yeah, let's hope they forgive me. Bayer wanted to create a digital effort in cardiovascular conditions, the cardiometabolic space, renal care, pulmonology, radiology, women's health, and oncology. And they said to us, it feels like we could extend the OneDrop platform into all of these other areas that we're interested in, in evolving our business in. You know, Bayer has a very strong strategic vision to move beyond the pill at some point. And unlike a lot of the other pharma companies that you and I both know, this vision and this commitment really sits at the top and has filtered its way down through the organization where they know that over time, the cash on cash return of R&D investments in pharma is very difficult to recoup or even generate significant returns on. And so what's the next Generation of pharma company and what does it look like when you move beyond the pill? And so, you know, they partnered with OneDrop to not just explore that strategy, but to develop that strategy into an extensive, expanded OneDrop platform. You know, that will at some point, you know, meet the needs of all of those types of chronic condition, you know, users. Now, it's a good transition point. Explain to everybody how do you make how does OneDrop make money. We have a single platform, but we have multiple ways that we go to market. Um, one is selling into self-insured employers, where we're offering a, a, a bundle of, of hardware, software, and service, very similar to some of the other companies that you you know of that sell into that 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 space. We also sell direct-to-consumer. And so there are a variety of different direct-to-consumer channels, um, the retail, retail channel, where you can buy our hardware products and, and test strips. So Apple, Walmart, Amazon, Best Buy, CVS, you can purchase the OneDrop experience. You can also get it on the web. So if you go to the web, you can buy the OneDrop experience, either digital only or hardware and digital, or you can download our app and then upgrade into digital only or hardware and digital. And so all of those permutations are hardware, software, and service. Either delivered into the enterprise or delivered direct to consumer. We also have a licensing and licensing business where where we're working with partners like Bayer to expand their efforts, you know, in into the digital space beyond the
0: pill. I'm not quite familiar with your app yet, but so let's say you have a users using a Dexcom or sure. CGM or a Libre. Does it interact with that? So
1: Libre doesn't really play nicely with with many of the other partners, but but Dexcom does. I mean, we were, I think, the first Dexcom data API partner, and we have a great relationship with Dexcom. And so if you use a Dexcom, you know, your data flows seamlessly into OneDrop, and then that data and the data of millions of other people like you generate these sort of insights to help you make choices.
0: So what about plans for a OneDrop CGM?
1: Well, you know, a year ago, a little over a year ago, we bought a company called Sano, And the sonar technology is really interesting because it's both modular in that we can measure multiple analytes on a single sensor or on on multiple sensors on the back, back of the patch, but, and then pair that with a variety of other kinds of data, like sleep, stress, heart rate, pulse ox, blood pressure data. And so we like to think about the continuous sensing market as something that's really beyond CGM, but is really more about CHM or continuous health monitoring. If you take CGM as a monoline, you know, glucose sensor, glucose is really interesting. It's really useful. It's really valuable in one context. If you're a cardiovascular patient or a renal patient or a cardiovascular renal diabetic, you really need a bunch of information that you're not getting off of just a single monoline sensor. And so, Continuous health sensing is really where OneDrop believes the opportunities lie to move beyond the highly intensive insulin-managed type 1 and into basically
0: precision health for everybody. Now, how would you say that, let's stick with, you know, because it's obviously diabetes, so let's stick with it, your patient base, type 1, type 2, mixture, can you give us a yeah. little insight into that? Yeah,
1: Let's see. Well, over 50% of our employer customers utilize our multi-condition offerings. So that's diabetes, pre-diabetes, high cholesterol, and hypertension. So you have, again, over 50% of our, call it payer customers, opting in for a multiple condition approach to things. And and really, why is that? Well, people aren't really patients. Any other time than when they're at the doctor's office, right? When since when did you wake up one day and say, I'm I'm gonna be a patient today? Or <laughs> uh, I know words matter, but like like yeah, no, I know. I, yeah. I, I'm gonna manage my diabetes today. You, you never once said that. You never woke up and said, I'm gonna manage my diabetes today. Tomorrow I'll work on my hypertension and <laughs> I uh, right? Uh, I'm gonna try to lower my cholesterol on Thursday. Like never once did a person wake up and see themselves as a Condition-specific, patient-based silo. Right? You're a person. You got all the shit that people have. Right? I mean, I got you know, I got, I got high cholesterol. I I'm, I'm, I need to lower my blood pressure, and I have and I have some diabetes. Right? And and those things all work together in a person's body, but yet at the doctor's office, they they're seeing one one aspect of that or one lens on that. And so a lot of our employer customers and our payer customers are looking at the problem and saying we need a whole person solution not a silo-based solution. And so a lot of our payer customers are contracting with OneDrop for for, the whole person solution. That's one thing. Second, you know as well, we have our roots in diabetes, deep, deep roots in diabetes. And so in terms of diabetes, I'd say 80% of the people that are utilizing OneDrop for diabetes management are type 2s. And then about 20% are type 1s. And while that seems like a disproportionately large type 2, as you know, the population only has 10% type 1s. So we index, we index a little over-index in diabetes for type 1, but still the large portion of the people that we service are, are type 2s.
0: So, you know, there's a lot going on in the, what I call the digital, virtual, whatever you want to call it, space. Yep. yep. Multi-part question for you. First of all, do you see OneDrop going public one day? How do you see the space? Because a lot of the companies have done... Exactly what you've done. You know, they started out in diabetes because it's like the low-hanging fruit. Then they start adding all the stuff. You know, they add weight loss, then they add hypertension, and then they add this, and then they add that. Next thing you oh, know, you got a smorgasbord going on there. You know, And then you've got, you know, you've got all of these traditional players. LifeScan's still in the business. Roche is still in the business. You know, let's take those in d- different uh, stages. But, you know, A, you know, will you go public? So let's start with that one. <laughs>
1: You know, I can't forecast that. I couldn't tell you whether we would or whether we wouldn't. I think from our perspective, it's the financing markets are what they are. And as we, you know, we're, we're well-financed now. If we need to tap into the financial markets in the private space or the public space, you know, I wouldn't rule out any options, but I also don't have anything to add there.
0: Okay. And then, and then you see a shakeout coming, consolidation, what, you know, what what's next? So in terms of the smorgasbord, you know, question. I think this
1: really gets to the idea that people are people; they're not patients, and people are complex, multi-faceted individuals that that need to be treated as whole people. And so, I think some of the smarter companies have moved beyond a single condition and are starting to what I'll call platform because. It's how you meet the needs of the end user better in the end. I mean, if you're not focused on the end user and you're not focused on working tirelessly on their behalf to meet their needs, then and I don't know why you're I don't know why you're in this business, right? You know, I don't know, I don't know why you're doing it if that's not what you're doing. And so, you know, when you look at people as they, you know, I don't know about you. Do you have other issues like high blood pressure or high cholesterol? No, or,
0: I, I, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I, I I me and my diabetes. I think
1: the number is like 40% of people with diabetes have at least one more chronic condition. And then those that have two chronic conditions tend to have multiple chronic conditions. And so you end up really needing to meet the needs of that whole human with a broader offering, the smorgasbord, as you called it, to really service them the best. And I think that's what OneDrop has done and will continue to do because we are relentlessly focused on improving the lives of those end users and they need a broader spectrum of the types of services that our, our platform can provide. Yeah, add mental health in there, or add in a variety of other things. I mean, people have you know issues, and so it's really important that we work tirelessly to try to try to meet their needs.
0: Well, you know, you brought up something earlier that, that I talked about a lot, that this is like a platform play, and speaking of that, now. You know, Google's already in this space already with through Verily, through Undo, okay? Kind of connect the dots there. Yeah. What about Apple? How do you, you know, everybody everybody talks about them. You know, they, they've, I don't know, I don't want to say stubbed their toes in the diabetes pool. And then you got Amazon as well. So what what's your thoughts on those two players?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. The consumerization of the health and wellness experience is absolutely, you know, underway, right? And the healthcare industry, I think, is just doing a horrifically awful, shitty job at bringing any sense of modern consumerized experiences to the healthcare experience. It's really just god awful, right? It's it's faxing. It's the '80s. It's like, wonder where the pagers are. Like, why do I, you know, like it is the most awful consumer experience that you can imagine in any industry on, on the planet. And so it's obvious that companies that are good at that, like Apple or like Google or like Amazon, who are relentlessly focused on their consumers would be able to come up with some form of health or wellness experience that people tend to like. And if they tend to like it, then they tend to use it. If they use it, they tend to see results. And so, you know, those kinds of things start to happen. Now, do I think, you, obviously you can see Amazon getting into actual healthcare with Amazon. You've seen Walmart and CVS as examples, you know, start to get into the consumerized experience through minute clinics or the, the sort of uh, retail retail health. You're seeing Apple with a very cool get gadget on your wrist that sort of also is is and the phone and and the fitness classes and all moving in that direction so you can't say that they're not sort of moving however if you look at the other side you've got Dexcom gadget super useful medically oriented, build all the, the quality controls and regulatory and compliance and then evidence generation and safety and all of the things that a person needs to rely on for, you know, for, for that particular healthcare item or Medtronic or, or Insulate or all, all the other other players, companion medical, right? And, and so you've got this kind of consumers on one side, you know, medical on the other. And I think there's probably some room for... Someone to come right down the fairway, you know, and take <laughs> some of the best of the medical experience, but bring it into a consumer sort of a valuable, meaningful, modern consumer experience, and take some of what's happening on the consumer side and make it useful for people in that kind of medical setting. And I think, I think there, I,
0: th- I think there's room in right down the middle. Well, you know, let's talk about this because we're, we're. I don't want to say we're coming out of COVID, but you know. 50%, I think the numbers I saw last night were 54% of the country has had at least one shot, 37% is fully vaccinated. You know, Now, it seems like in almost every state, you could just walk in and get a vaccine shot. Do you see, and this is where there's a lot of various opinions here, do you see the day coming where the digital virtual become the standard of care? Or do you believe that Patients still want to go into that office and touch the doctor?
1: I don't think it's either or. I think it's both. And here's why. Today, the sick care system, the acute care, you know, sort of the the fix me healthcare system, it puts a, like a Ferrari, like a high horsepower, you know, highly paid, super smart individual and is asking them to do very low fidelity things like help people manage their weight. As I'm just trying to... (laughs) Or their blood glucose, and so you've got an expensive system that's bureaucratic and doesn't function well at delivering low fidelity experiences. And I think all of the low fidelity experiences in healthcare are going to move to telehealth, all of them, because it's efficient, it's it's effective. People can, you know, hey, I'm having a problem with the stuffy nose or whatever. You can do a telehealth visit. You don't need to go talk to the doctor, right? And what that does is free up all the time of the doctor's office then to do high-fidelity experiences that where you want to touch the doctor and where you need the doctor. So I think there's an absolute value in the high-fidelity doctor, in-person experience, whatever that's going to be. And then I'm hoping that technology and this new sort of inflection point that we've seen with COVID or whatever that is, has driven the te- telehealth tele- experience, I'm hoping most of that low-fidelity stuff moves into the phone where, you know, Everybody can have access. It's affordable. It's effective. You get it done right away. I don't have to take off work. I don't have to take a cab.
0: I, I just get it done right. And I think I think there's room for both. Well, final question here, and I want you to look out five, maybe seven years from today. Okay, there's so much going on today. You know, as you mentioned, there's some great technology. We still have a lot of issues. You know, patient access being one. You know, the uh, we don't we have no idea what our healthcare system is going to look like seven years from today. But if you had to look out there and you looked into your crystal ball, what do you think we're going to see, not just from a diabetes perspective seven years from now, but a healthcare wellness management system?
1: Yep. So I think, if I'm, I'm no crystal ball reader or whatever, but I think what you're going to see is an acceleration of what I just talked about. All As much low fidelity, experience moving out of the doctor's office and into the telehealth realm, one. And then two, that system is going to be powered by real-time diagnostics that a person can wear, AI-powered insights that take the knowledge of the healthcare system or the knowledge of what was there and turn it into artificial intelligence and make it available to you on your phone anytime you need it, and accessible anywhere on a mobile phone. So real-time continuous precision health diagnostics real-time precision health insights and real-time precision health access and affordability on a mobile phone. That's what self-care looks like to me in five to seven years. And then healthcare still sort of looks like it does, but it has more room to breathe and more room to, to deliver what it was meant to do in the first place. You know those people train for years to to deliver healthcare, and they're spending their time doing an administrative task. Nine out of ten dollars <laughs> in healthcare is trying to go CPT billing codes and HIPAA and all of these things, right? But give them room to breathe to do what they do best, and take all that other stuff. Take the lab, take the, the insights and the experience, and move it to the mobile phone and make it available for everybody.
0: Well, I'm going to follow up on that a little bit because you bring up an interesting point. I'm curious in your opinion on this. You know, we, we, we're moving at, in the technology world, we're moving almost at warp speed, yep. okay? However, on the legislative front, okay, you mentioned HIPAA, you mentioned, you know, how these people are spending their the fax machines. Yep. Do you see this catching up at some point? Well, you're speaking about legislative, but I think what you
1: really mean is sort of the, the correct me if I'm wrong, is that the industrial health, health, health machine complex is o- overburdened with sort of a set of stuff that technology is really outpacing. And I think technology is just going to keep going and we're going to make an end run around all this. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is going to be able to keep up with this.
0: So would you say that, would you see that? Do you, do you believe that people, you know, cause there, there's this like, this, this is all this drama over data privacy, personal privacy. And, you know, so, but yet we need this information. So, do you see maybe do you see the, the the a trade-off being made here where people say, Okay, I'm willing to sacrifice my privacy, basically? Well,
1: you know, at OneDrop, we'd like to say we're all in this together. You know, I'm 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 giving my data to OneDrop so that OneDrop can help millions of people with my data, you know, and what what all this regulation and and HIPAA and all of these things sort of emerged out of was bad actors. Acting horribly by using things that they should never have used to do things they should have never done with that information, or didn't treat your information as sacred as it should have been treated, and so you have these bad actors that maybe exposed your data in a way that maybe had when pre con- pre pre existing conditions could be discriminated against. You could not get in health insurance because of somebody's not treating your information as sacred as it as it really is, and so. With bad actors in the marketplace or people using your information to market at you or you know things like that, I think that's where that regulation sort of emerged out of. If you see sort of good actors doing the right thing with people's information and treating it it's sacred and then utilizing that information to help millions of other people, I think there's probably a fair trade to make where you're, you're maybe willing to share your glucose information if you know that it's going to only be used to help you know other people like you with a problem that you may be having and i i know i would well and that we'll give it a wrap thanks for being here thank you david